recently moved from Seattle to Western Massachusetts. And she kept me daily apprised of the beautiful, mesmerizing fall colors, often sending me photos of trees while walking in her own neighborhood. People travel to the Berkshires in October for good reason. As we chatted, I mentioned that the ginkgo trees were at the height of their brief golden glory. She urged me to take a picture to send to her, and I ended up taking several, marveling that a dinky little phone camera could capture even a trace of the brilliance of that bright yellow against the blue sky. I was grateful for this invitation to meditate on a tree in a new way. As I've shared before, I have been contemplating trees extensively this year as I've pondered the words of Psalm 1, which promises that those who dwell on the commandments of the Lord are like trees planted by streams of water. Well, as I considered the golden ginkgo tree in light of Psalm 98, my imagination was stimulated. Oh, I thought, this tree is praising God the only way it knows how. It can't make a joyful noise unto the Lord, but it sure can make a splendid yellow unto the Lord. Psalm 98 is often read around Christmas time. Indeed, one of our favorite carols was directly inspired by the psalm. Fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy of Psalm 98, the sounding joy of all heaven and earth, rejoicing in the steadfast love and faithfulness of our very good God. I admit I do kind of love the imperative issued by this holy scripture. The psalmist is bossy. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And he doesn't stop with human worshipers equipped with voices and bells. He goes on to address the sea, the floods, the hills. All of creation is invited, no, commanded to join in the song of worship. I can't help but remember when Jesus makes his triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem and the Pharisees are offended that the people are worshiping him. They tell Jesus to forbid his followers from praising him. According to the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says that if these people were to be silent, even the stones would cry out. Maybe we don't always obey the commandment to sing praises to God, but the ginkgo trees and songbirds never fail to comply. My favorite writer and pastor, who you know by now, is Eugene Peterson, reflects that unlike much of scripture, 
Psalms are often not written about God, but rather they are written to God. He reflects, our habit is to talk about God, not to him. We love discussing God. The Psalms resist these discussions. They are not provided to teach us about God, but to train us in responding to God. We don't learn the Psalms until we are praying the Psalms. I think this is why I just can't quit Psalms lately. They give us the words, the songs, to respond to God. In the words of that prayer of illumination, they give us the eyes to see the wideness of God's world, shimmering with beauty and holiness. So this is what I hope you might do this week. I hope you will take these words with you. Remember the words of Psalm 98. And I hope that you will abide by its commands. I hope you'll sing the doxology in the shower. I hope you'll behold the world with fresh eyes and notice how all creation joins in the song. I hope you'll remember the marvelous things God has done for you, for us, and give thanks. All that being said, this past week, I had several poignant conversations with folks who are struggling mightily. Depression, illness, uncertainty, grief. If you are in one of those boats, Psalm 98 might sound like a clanging cymbal to you right now, a loud cacophony that just does not resonate with the state of your soul. I still hope you will sing to the Lord a new song, but you might consider flipping a few pages ahead to the 102nd Psalm. There, you'll find a response to God that is rooted not in praise, not in thanksgiving, but in anguish and lamentation. That Psalm speaks of stricken hearts and burning bones. That Psalm gives us images like this. I am like a lonely bird on the housetop. I am like a lonely bird on the housetop. But even the morning dove has a song to sing. After all, the Psalms do not only give us words of praise, they cover every single human emotion we might ever know, including some that seem far too impolite, far too gruesome to be included in sacred scripture, but they do so in such a way that brings us right back to the source. They do so in such a way that keeps our voices in the chorus of creation's response to our creator. They do so in such a way 
that gently reminds us of the steadfast love and faithfulness of God. That steadfast love and faithfulness is not going anywhere. Not even when we find ourselves drowning in floods of sorrow rather than clapping our hands in joy. Not even when we find ourselves tiptoeing along a sidewalk covered in foul-smelling ginkgo fruit. Not a week after the same tree was crowned in beauty. After all, the spare branches of November trees still reach toward the heavens. Maybe they praise, maybe they lament, but the steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord remains. Pray these words with me once more. God, give us the eyes to see the wideness of your world, shimmering with beauty and holiness. Stimulate our imaginations, infusing us with courage and hope. Surround us with friendship and plant us as seeds of resurrection. Amen.